On today's episode, I got to connect across the globe with Thailand-based theater teacher and musician Gershim de Koning. We hope you enjoy this fascinating conversation about generating cinematic style music, the power of connections on YouTube, and using AI to generate cover art. Stay tuned after the episode to hear one of Gershom's original songs and for a chance to score some free music. Welcome to Creatively Christian, hosted by Brandon Hollingsworth, Andrea Sandifer, and Jake Dobrins. We inspire faithful creatives to thrive by sharing the success stories of others. Join our unique community or get exclusive bonuses by heading to creativelychristian.net. Now, get ready to hear from yet another amazing guest. Well, hey, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Creatively Christian. I am your host, Andrea Sandifer, and today I am joined from afar. I will let him tell you where he is, but I'm joined by Gershom deconing did i get it right gershom yeah that's right ah nailed it okay uh i always i I tease that i practice names before we go live because i butch them all the time and his was one i was really worried about so but gershom i'm just gonna have you tell everybody a little bit about you where you live and a bit about your like creative journey and like the highlights of your creative work yeah sure So I currently live in Bangkok, Thailand, and I am from the Netherlands originally. Uh, I kind of grew up in Thailand and Malaysia. My parents are missionaries uh, doing NGO work, mostly with counseling. So so my mom is a is a shrink, which is why I'm such a messed up child. No, I'm joking. Um, (laughs) uh, My my, my mom does uh, essentially like she's a trained psychologist, so she does work here. And then my my dad supports her mostly administratively. He's actually a trained nurse and, and management uh, person. So they have a counseling center here. So I grew up here and then I kind of went back for university in the Netherlands. I pursued the arts uh, uh, already in that. So I do theater by day and then I do music by night. So today we'll be talking more about my, my music side. Uh, but I feel like both are... I mean, I always feel weird calling it this, having come from a missionary family and seeing more traditional ministries in that sense, where you're actually helping people in a physical, tangible way. Uh, But in a way, I feel like both theater and uh, music are kind of my ministries. I'm just ministering in a much more abstract way to people, right? Like their emotions or, well, for theater, it's more direct because I'm actually teaching theater. So it's it's much more Mm -hmm. interactive. But yeah, in a way it is, it is, uh, kind of my calling yeah I guess you could say um so yeah I'm based in t- and I've also lived in Singapore before this Malaysia for a little while so very multicultural upbringing which was uh, quite fun yeah, yeah for sure uh I've never been to that part of the world I have a lot of friends that have and love it uh they yeah. love the cultures and the people there and um so it's bu- definitely another bucket list place for me for sure so that is awesome so I love that uh theater by day musician by night uh and i know so your style of music and this is why i kind of wanted to talk to you is because how you create your music is unique to most that i've talked to you're more of like a computer artist or a computer musician so how did god kind of call you into that realm of computerized music composition and like let's talk about software. Like what software did you use early on and what did yep. you find most helpful as you were learning? So, yeah, that's, that's, I guess this opens up a, the longer co- sort of band story. So, I mean, my name is Gershom Deconing, but my band or name, I guess online is Deconing Tan, Tan being my wife's last name. Uh, my wife's Singaporean. So, uh, so we basically, we couldn't think of a good name together. So we put Deconing Tan together, both of our last names. Yay, done. Uh, and then we started off, so it started off when YouTube was just kind of blowing up 2010, 2008, so around that time. Uh, it was like, I was watching some of these YouTube videos and I'd done music production for church and I'd been in bands already, like since young. So I was the type of kid, like, 
okay, school was not that interesting to me. I could pass everything by kind of not studying and doing very minimal effort. And I would spend my time on like bands and worship teams sometimes as well. I, I did quite a lot of worship leading. Uh, and that was my interest. Like that was, was fine to just kind of go that way. So I'd get in trouble in school for looking super tired. And it was because I was recording at night uh, in yeah. a studio, <laughs> in, a, in a real studio. That was for me, that was a team that was like, oh my gosh, I, I, I'm almost signed. But I wasn't anywhere close to being signed. But I was allowed <laughs> Because there were, uh, my band was good enough that that college level uh, sound engineers were like, "Oh, a person to record for free? Yeah, we're recording you in in the professional studio." So, I kind of got into it through that. And around two thousand eight, so I graduated two thousand eight high school, and then my wife joined me in the Netherlands two thousand nine. So to, probably two thousand nine, two thousand ten, we were watching these YouTube videos, and I went, "Oh yeah, I can do that." And I kind of bragged about it. And I was like, yeah, I could totally do that. And she was like, oh, yeah, prove it. And so I was like, okay, sure. I'll write us an acapella today. So I, the first song we did was uh, L-O-V-E by Nat King Cole. And it's just, it was just a multi-track acapella, essentially. And I just arranged the whole piece my, myself. Like, to me, it was logical and easy. But I think it's because I've ha I had all that. I mean, singing in church, obviously. My parents background is originally like uh dutch reformed so that's you got really choral style singing mm -hmm. that i kind of grew up in and then they moved into semi-evangelical and then kind of non-denominational right now because of how some of those churches have you know strayed you could say from from the original mission or you know depending on the church they're with so um but basically that gave me a, a pretty wide variety of music right starting from like very classical and then I got piano lessons, all that growing up to really modern than hip hop. And, and I got really into metal uh, in my teens, like early teens to like, even now I'm really into metal. So I think all those, those music influences were there. And um, essentially I, I could just, it got to the, yeah, it, for me, it was very natural and easy to make a, an acapella. So she was like, oh, wow, that was cool. Let's do more. So she has a really lovely voice that like, Everyone just loves the minute they hear it. And I never had that. I had to work on my voice to, to get it to the point where people want to hear it. Um, so I was like, okay, cool. You know what? I have this great, great chick who could sing. That's awesome. So let's just continue. So we did we did kind of acapellas for quite a while. And that was moderately successful. I mean, if I had stuck with it better, I, I lacked, um, I think because things came easy for me when I was younger uh, in terms of picking up skills, I never learned to like push like just buckle down and work hard whereas mm. I feel like people who it doesn't come as naturally to it, it, they they gain that skill way faster and it, it, in the end I think talent is is irrelevant in 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 per terms of professional work and actually making it in a scene I think mm. talent is absolutely useless what's really useful is grit <laughs> so mm. I had no grit back then I think if I had had grit my YouTube channel could have been way more successful than it was but I would dip in and out of it. You know, I do a month of it and then like, ah, nothing for five months. And I think that's just a lack of maturity on my part. And 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 in a sense, in the bigger picture, looking back, it's probably also God working on my ego in a sense of being like, getting me ready for that moment where I had to realize that. So went mm -hmm. through college, kind of dipped up and down on that YouTube channel, uh, mostly acapellas. Then we did some some acoustic covers, things like that. And then my second year of college, I had a lecturer who who basically gave me a really hard talking to me, like, you know, you're you're a horrible person in the way that you you approach your creative work. You have no ethic, like in, in the way you're doing it. You're just kind of like, oh, I'm good at this one. I'm gonna really play to my strengths only, not work on my weaknesses. And he's like, what does that say about you as a person? You know? And he's like, and you're hmm. Christian. He's he's not. He's a uh, agnostic I think and he was like you know you're a Christian what does that say about you as a, as a person of your faith like I know your faith I'm an art history major we know I know all about the church uh you so are you so don't you have ethic like standards so he challenged me in that and that's mm. slowly that journey kind of led me to like um first focusing on my degree and, and finishing up all that stuff and getting really good on that front and then it was kind of um, uh yeah, then getting into first working, all that stuff, you know, the normal stages of life that I felt like needed my focus and my attention. And then, again, the YouTube channel was up and down, but it was a second thing. And then during COVID, it was kind of like, okay, usually I was doing these big shows because our, our, our school is a, is a Christian school here in Bangkok. 
and we have a two a uh, six hundred seater theater. Uh, so it's a massive theater, and yeah. I get to do all these projects here, which is great, and it takes up a lot of time. And then during COVID, all that gets shut down, and I kind of told myself like look if you can't make an album now then you probably just don't have it in you like like as, as a challenge to myself not as a negative self-talk but I kind of like if you can't pull it off now then could you ever you know like that's a good question mm-hmm. so uh I was like okay I'm gonna compile songs that I kind of already have and make a few new ones I'm gonna compile that into just a concept album like a very rough okay the idea was just, okay, it's a cinematic album. And the reason my wife kind of like pulled out of it, she said like, look, we got little kids right now. Recording live instrumentation is extremely difficult because of how much they shout or talk. Oh, yes. the day. And then at <laughs> nighttime, we don't want to make too much noise. So she said, let's just have you do it. And if you need me for something, pull me in. And then once the kids are a little older, we'll reboot me back into it if I feel like it at that point. If not, hey, no big deal. Like, I'll just do backing vocals whenever you need me, which I use still use her for ahs and oohs uh, quite often. And so I was like, you know, what? okay, sure. So I kind of went in, that first concept album was called Fleeting, Fleeting being like the fleeting moments that you lose, kind of representing the fleeting moments I lost mm-hmm. that I could have used on that YouTube channel, like a lot of missed opportunities. And the picture is like these two people floating in a void, right? Like like in space like then that's kind of the idea of like time is fleeting i got to learn to take advantage of that time and it would roughly put it was just a, a a dystopian future album like that's the idea it was kind of cyberpunkish the game cyberpunk uh 2777 came out around that time too and i like the artwork from it i like the vibe of, of cyberpunk so i was like i'm just going to create kind of a world where it's a planet it's but it's very vague it's, it's a planet it's cyberpunk the songs kind of relate to that roughly but it wasn't like i would say creatively it wasn't the strongest most cohesive thing and that's why i say concept album it's not like Mm -hmm. it's not like i did the world building i would say to the level that i do for for theater you know like where i completely make everything it was me trying to cope with my own uh creative process i think that's a good way to put it so yeah, we have songs that are like in the club where it has a lot of my wife's vocals, like Muse is like that. It's it's basically like what I imagined might be playing in a cyberpunk club. So it's, you know, very mm-hmm. like EDM kind of vibe. And then other songs are very moody and dark and like, okay, the city, the grittiness of the city's there, blah, 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 that kind of stuff. So after that fleeting album, my wife was like, hey, that was really good. You should continue doing this indefinitely. And I'll, again, I'll, I'll join you if, if if I feel like it, or if you need me, and then let's just start focusing your YouTube on that first. And around that same time, I got really into building instruments myself. So uh, I have like insomnia pretty badly. Oh, I, I didn't realize I had it till till COVID as well, which is funny. Uh, I basically asked some people like, hey, how long does it take you to fall asleep? And they're like, oh, 10, 15 minutes. And I was like, oh, it always takes me at least 30 minutes. They're like, oh, that's not normal, man. You should, you should Look at that. <laughs> I was like, to me, it's 30 minutes to an hour and a half. That's my normal. And they're like, that's really long. So uh, I basically realized that it's kind of, it's kind of like my superpower in, in a way, because I can think of a lot of concepts and uh, my brain's always active. But when I build instruments, my brain quiets. Like it's the only time mm. that it's completely silent and I'm just focusing on the woodwork. So I kind of put those two things into one YouTube channel and and kind of, I think I even told in one of the videos, I mentioned it to the subscribers I did have like, oh, so it's kind of taking a new direction. Hope you don't mind. We will still do acapellas if I feel like it, uh, you know, or sea shanty or here or there, you know, it's kind of like this channel is now just my creative expression. And if you don't like it, sorry. (laughs) (laughs) I Um, love it. If you you do like it, that's great. Um, Please stay. Uh, But if you don't, like I won't, be sad I mean I'll be sad but I won't be like angry that that you know you you're not into that because you signed up for acapellas and you're only getting them every 20 videos or every 10 that's awesome uh, and so that's kind of the way I I went with it and weirdly since digging into that niche of um cinematic composing and and the, the reason I use the term cinematic is because technically if I do put my wife in there with vocals it's still cinematic 
Mm -hmm. You can have like Regina Spector has done some amazing stuff for like the Narnia films, you know, like, and it's well, very vocal heavy. Uh, Imogen Heap is another really inspiring artist to me. And sh she's done the Harry Potter stage version and it has a lot of her vocals in it as well. So it kind of allows me to do that. Mm -hmm. And going into that niche plus instrument building has given me more study subscribers than I thought it would. I thought like these are way too geeky niches but apparently they're not. Uh, apparently <laughs> apparently that, that's, not. That's the thing on YouTube now is to find your your mini niche mm. and just work that niche. And it's it's it takes a lot more grit. I do think it takes a lot more study building. Mm. Uh, and I think, yeah, like some would argue, okay, that's God working that skill in you. And yes, but I think even if I was a non-Christian, it would be a great skill skill to to work on. You know, oh, for uh, sure. Yeah. Whether that's whether that's, you know, God prompting it. And I do think in, in maturing in, in life is is often part of God's plan. Right. Like you can grow old and not become wise or you can become wise. And I think the goal is to become. I think this for me, this is a wisdom thing that I had to learn. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, so that's kind of where it's at now. So now the Deconington YouTube channel is basically uh, video game ambient cinematic music with instrument building in between uh That's and sometimes awesome. i'll review something like one of the tools i use and yeah my my computer is my instrument like i am a a middling guitarist i would say i'm decent because i've done a lot of worship leading with the guitar i'm usually mm -hmm. the chord guy not the soloist but i basically play many instruments pretty badly uh but <laughs> 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 but the computer, I play very well. So I'm very good at, at composition. And I, I use a program called Reason, uh, mm. which is a digital audio workstation, which started off as an instrument, actually. It started off as a digital synthesizer. So, so okay. way back when it started. And then they slowly expanded and made it into a digital audio workstation. And then they, I think version eight or nine, they added like the ability to record audio. But only that late. So before that, it was a MIDI tracker. Kind of like if anyone listening has done Commodore or Atari, like those really old beat trackers where you could make uh, really old school game music that were made on those. And it was kind of like that, but then uh, MIDI based. And then they added the vocals and now it's a full DAW. But some people still use it as a plugin, like as an instrument, because it's the synths mm -hmm. in it are very powerful, particularly. Uh, and then, and then, that's what so weirdly i'm there's not a ton of people making cinematic music in reason specifically uh there are some people who are who do sound design that do use reason because of that those synths being so good in it it, it allows you to do really weird sounds uh and so they use that kind of to a cinematic effect but uh, on the reason forums i've posted a few times hey who makes cinematic music and i get like crickets four people yeah <laughs> okay. four, four four people out of like 14,000 or something that are like yeah. yeah most of them do EDM or uh so it's great for that and then I've I've a, a guy I know who does folk music uh, but he also says yeah he's one of the few people who does folk music on it and then you get a lot of singer songwriters the the DAW is very much like a like a mixer or like a like an amp so that's why I like it. it's very visual everything's got mm. buttons and and um some people use virtual instruments like VSTs and some of those VSTs have those buttons, but when you close the VST, it, it's hidden. Whereas in Reason, it's all in a, like a rack. So it's like nice. you're looking at the rack in your, wherever you mix your audio. Usually for me, it was in churches. You know, you get all this hand-me-down gear from other people because a lot of yes. donations. <laughs> so you've got, you know, you've got this amp and it's a Fender amp, but it's tied to this board, which is a crappy, you know, soundboard. And you have all these wires and, and plugs everywhere. And you can turn the rack around in Reason and see all the wires. And to me, that really helps my process to like understand this is where this is going. This is and then to patch things together. Yeah. Uh, whereas other DAWs purposefully have that hidden because it it looks cleaner, right? Like it looks sure. less cluttered. Um, but I could see so yeah. for the certain kind of personality that would be a really helpful tool, or like it would make more sense to them, especially somebody yeah. who has a background in sound. Uh, you know, for churches working with a soundboard or a musician who's never played with a DAW before, like having something that looks very similar to what they're used to could be really helpful. Yeah. And the nice thing about it, too, is like, um, I mean, there are some some cheaper or or free DAWs out there, too. But 
you have to go and install all the instrumentation you want, right? You want a grand piano, you have to find it and install it. Whereas in reason, like out of the box, it comes with so much just click and play sounds, you know, like, oh, dark plasma, double click. Oh, sounds weird. <laughs> you know, like, ooh, right. cool. That, that sounds interesting. Cool. Uh, and, and it even has uh, for free this, this like sampled instruments as well. I, I wouldn't say they're that good as in like now that I've worked with paid for software for cinematic orchestration specifically but it's as a starting point it's really great uh to get started because you have the whole orchestra um free like it's there so and you could always complement that with other programs right but but yeah mm -hmm. I, I think as a as a visual for people who are visually based uh and like to see everything where everything is it's it's a great doll for that so yeah i play the computer basically is is my instrument <laughs> i love that i play the computer so when you are writing all of this music because i know i draw my inspiration from a lot like what i'm reading in scripture or what yes. people in my inner circle are are experiencing or feeling um sometimes you know just from conversations with somebody they'll say something that triggers a thought in my mind and that's kind of where my music flows out of um my lyrics specifically and then i don't really know where the music flows from sometimes but i trust the leading of the holy spirit what what would you say uh is your inspiration as you write music i feel like it's it's a mix of uh pictures and stories mostly mm -hmm. um so it's yeah how do i put it it's a good question um for me i realized i think as part of that maturing process that you can't you can't wait for inspiration mm. uh, and i i feel it's interesting so uh, you know i studied art history so you, you kind of get like the greeks they called it the muses right like speak to you and i'm not actually i think a part of me believes that they those muses that the greeks experienced they were real spiritual entities and some of them could have been even from god like at times like god's messengers but i think that they can also be from uh less good places and mm -hmm. and i think before jesus actually officially announced to the spirits when he was walking in the desert he said like you know you're either for me or against me like you need to choose i think before he said that i think there were maybe even neutral ones who were like eh, i haven't really picked a side uh, i'm not anti-god i'm not you know pro-god and i think uh, when he made that statement is when they had to pick right so i think that mm -hmm. that idea of inspiration has existed a long time because of that but i think that uh because god dwells in all of us I think that inspiration shouldn't be something we rely on to to come from outside. I think we can generate it ourselves. Mm. So for me, the way I generate it, and so this might be very helpful for people who are creatively stuck, is I teach a lot of improv for my theater part. So it kind of this comes from that influence. If I have no ideas, I give myself limitations because limitations help you to do more, actually. So you can say, okay, all I'm going to do for tonight is I'm just going to make uh, four chords on a piano and this song is only allowed to have a piano and a guitar that's all and that limitation you might break that rule later but that's that's not what you're thinking about you're just thinking about the limitation so you're like okay i'm forcing myself to write something even though i think it's going to be terrible and then you just close it when you're done you save you, you don't allow the critic inside you to say anything you just like okay that was done i did my job so i think that's one thing that i definitely do is like like i've but to me now because i've done that so long it's it's not I don't have to do the baby steps anymore. It's just an instinct. I can, I can turn it on and off, especially since having kids. I only have this much time. I might as well use it, right? right. Uh, go for it. Go, go, go. Yeah, exactly. Go, go, go. I have one hour. So uh, so yesterday, that's an example. I was carrying my baby to sleep. She's uh, not feeling so well. So then while I was carrying her, I was like, oh, hey, there's a riff. Okay, it should be on an oboe. Okay, cool. So I'm going to put that riff in an oboe when I get upstairs. And then I had to carry her to sleep two or three more times. So I think the riff changed because I couldn't quite remember it exactly. <laughs> but, um, oh, well, you know, at least I got that down. So so it, that's an example of it kind of striking because my mind is idle. And so 
something comes in. But there's other times I sit down and I just think in a picture. So I just think, okay. Uh, oh yeah, so a song that I've just been working on. So I, I sampled a flute that I found in, in the Netherlands. So my parents had gone to a secondhand shop, bought a really probably homemade flute from someone. Uh, and I found it in a drawer and I went to the forest with it and I was playing it in the forest and I sampled every note, right? One by one. And I'm putting that into the computer to make a playable instrument because I can't play flute. Well, not well. So if I put it into a keyboard, I can play that flute as if I'm a, a maestro, right? So I sampled the whole flute and my goal was like, okay, I need to show off that this is a nice sounding flute so that when people watch the YouTube video, they go and download that file and use that flute. That's that's for free, right? So that's one. But two, I imagine a picture. Okay, it's a tavern scene and it's in a fantasy kind of D&D setting. What music would be playing in the background of that scene? So, and it needs the flute. So that those are already limitations I put on myself. It needs the flute, what music is playing? So I imagine something quite happy. So I just started playing, okay, what's kind of a major scale kind of little riff that they can play? So I just put that together. Do, 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 do. And that's okay. All medieval songs have tambourines. I'm gonna put in a tambourine. And it's essentially like a lot, a lot of times we criticize ourselves. And I I don't think that part is from God. I do think healthy constructive criticism mm. can be very godly. And it often comes from others, actually. It doesn't come from ourselves. Yeah. Someone who goes, hey, you could change this, change that, clean that up a little. Um, but I think that that natural self-critic, when I teach improv, I, I divide it into uh, kind of a Freudian concept. There's your id, which is like the uncontrollable inner child that just wants to you know, run around naked, essentially, right? Like has no self-control. And there's your ego and your superego. But your superego is, is like a extremely strict schoolmistress or or master who's just like punishing you to conform to social norms you're not good enough you need to change this and your ego is the one who has to balance those two out right because we do have needs like food when we're hungry we should go eat that's your id saying that it's not your super ego but your super ego would say but if you eat too much you're gonna get fat you know like uh, and so your ego has to balance out those two things and when you're being creative you need to learn to silence the super ego and to let the id talk a little bit, but not too much because then you'll just become one of those drug addicted artists, you know, and, and you're going to go crazy. So, so your, your ego has to balance those two. And I think mm. when we, I think like the, where the best leading comes in terms of like uh, constructive criticism for yourself is like, is from that point, right? Where you're balancing uh, those two sides of yourself. And you're not being too critical. So like, yeah, does every medieval song have a tambourine? Yes. Is that stereotypical? Yes. However, <laughs> what what will my listeners expect to hear? A tambourine. So should I be like, oh, I should be edgy and put in a, a different instrument? No, I should put in the tambourine. It's the most logical choice. Uh, yeah, there's a Bible verse that I teach. Whenever I teach improv, I, I actually link it to a Bible verse, which is from Ecclesiastes. There's nothing new under the sun. Mm-hmm. And I and my students often chuckle because I read them the whole passage and they're like, this is so depressing. And I'm like, yeah, but it also lowers the bar for you. You don't need to be perfect. If you do something that's been done before, you've still made it different. And they're like, how have I made it different? I was like, because it's you, you're doing mm-hmm. it and you're weird. You're different. You're not the same as other people. So, so you've brought that message back in a different way. You've changed it just by being, and they're like, oh yeah, that's true. It does take the, the pressure off. And that relaxes you into, I think, creating better stuff and and particularly for cinematic music i mean you're you're trying to appeal to the typical emotions sometimes mm. and every so often a song pops up that isn't like that right like that's more unique or edgy right. uh, but often that happens without you trying i think like uh, mm. it, it doesn't happen by you trying to be edgy then you end up being fake or yeah so yeah. that was a long answer to, to no it's so good <laughs> i enjoyed so much especially like uh, if we feel stuck, like, you know, giving us ideas of like what to do and that idea of limitations, just keeping it simple, uh, not trying to bite off a full score when we can just focus in on something simple um, yeah, can help us can help us pave you, the way. Yeah, you get one riff and then you leave it for a week or two and then you yeah. get back to it. You're like, oh, I know what to do now. But also like the Im- imagery, I think, is is really powerful for me. I'll, mm-hmm. I I follow on Instagram artist accounts that just make images I like, and I follow art history accounts. And I'll look at the picture and be like, oh, that's such a nice picture. I wonder what music would go with that. 
Oh, nice. And I, I feel like, well, some Christians I've met, they feel a, a, a need that their music has to be Christian sounding, as in like uh, literal Christian, as in like it needs to refer to God directly. And I'm like, hey, guys, read The Lord of the Rings, read uh, C.S. Lewis, and you can, you can use allegories or, or parables to to explore themes and you don't need to directly like you can some of the most healing music for me as a teenager was the non-christian metal bands i listened to because they channeled my pain and put it somewhere useful rather than me taking it out on other people and you'd think oh but you know those bands were definitely not they were writing from a place of anger and grief and they weren't in a good place and they weren't definitely not Christian. Uh, yes, but it helped me channel the, it, it still had a good effect. And I, I think like, and, and interestingly enough, one of those bands, the guitarist did become Christian <laughs> uh, later, you know? So um, it helped him it, too. I, yeah, it did. It helped him in the end. It, it, I mean, it took literally a, 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 you know, Jesus tapping him on the shoulder physically. He had to feel God's hand on him to finally change. But mm. it's, it's an incredible, like, how cathartic music and, and your art can be and, and you don't realize it's having that cathartic effect. And sometimes, I mean, if, if the person's like me, usually if, if there's a direct God reference that's too on the nose, it will actually turn me off of that song. I'll be like, oh, well, it's a worship song, you know, you know, like, right. oh, it, it, I, I, I must be, I have to be godly now as I listen to it. Whereas if, the, if it's a song about general, uh, like P.O.D. does this really well, uh, they're, they're a rap rock band and uh pod has some songs that are, are very you know reference god directly and some that don't at all right and uh they can have such a high impact because yeah. you're not you're just thinking about the, the subject matter that they're talking about they're talking about death or they're talking about sadness and you're just relating to that and it, it's cathartic for you as a listener um so yeah i think if you get stuck yeah images parables or little stories in your head that you can mm -hmm. like find to like and the audience doesn't even have to get the same story from it that you intended uh it can be roughly the same you know um, yeah yeah i have one song that has to me it's a gnome in a workshop working on something and other people said oh i just thought it's a weird human scientist they don't know it's a gnome they just think it's a guy with a weird voice i'm like yeah potato potato <laughs> you know <laughs> They got out of it what they got out of it. And yeah, and that's, and that's fine. Yeah, like, that's you know? awesome. Well, I love how you talk so much about like imagery and stuff because I know you have kind of a really cool <clears throat> way that you go about developing the the pictures uh, for your artwork and like uh, your cover yeah. art and for your videos. So how do you go about uh, getting most of those? Yes. So I uh, for my first album, I actually hired a friend of mine to, to do the album artwork. And I do recommend that if you're doing a bigger project, like uh, like, a, like an album, something that's more mm -hmm. cohesive, I think hiring an artist is great. Uh, a, because you're supporting the other artist, uh, but B, because I think you'll get more directly what you envision in your head when you talk to a real human being. But if you need to be cheap and, and you're doing singles or something like that, um, a much more efficient way to get album artwork is using AI art. So there's programs like Dolly, uh, which you have to sign up for. And then there's a little waiting time before you get led into the project. But other ones are like Mid Journey is on Discord. So if you're already on Discord, you can have someone in your Discord group install it into their your Discord. And what you do on those, and then let's see, there's Dolly, Mid Journey, and there's um, Stable Diffusion. Another one's called Stable Diffusion. That one's free. You can just use it online. What these things do, you can set the dimensions of your artwork and then you type in a prompt for it to imagine. So for me, for uh, one recently that I'll, I'll probably share at the end of this, uh, this podcast, the idea that popped into my mind when I first thought of the initial opening riff was just lightning strikes the upper city. And all I imagined was a cathedral getting hit by lightning. Adding as the story progressed in my mind, there was also a weird shadowy figure who's running on the rooftop, stealing something from someone. But that's really where the story ends. Like I never ended the story in my mind. It's just that imagery and it's raining and it's dark. So I typed in lightning strikes the upper city in the prompt. 
And the AI just is like, okay, city, lightning. Okay, here's a couple images. Okay, so then I thought, okay, these these worked, but they were a little too modern looking. They looked kind of industrial. So, mm. so okay, let me try again. Lightning strikes the upper city, cathedral, Gothic architecture, fantasy adventure, high photorealism. Okay, then it started popping up images and it gives you images to choose from. And you can choose to embellish an image or just make it bigger, right? So that the, it, the resolution size works. Now, some of these AI programs, they don't allow you to do full resolution unless you pay. But mm -hmm. then in handy comes something called a AI upscaler, image rescaler. So basically then you can take that image, the small size one, you can go to Google and type in image rescaler and there's free ones as well. Like there's ones again where you pay, but there's free ones and you say, okay, it's right now it's a thousand by a thousand pixels. I'd like it to be 3000 by 3000. So times three and it will increase the size for you and it will AI do that. So it, it actually studies the, the picture to make sure it, it smoothly opens up the image and you get a high resolution image. You can do this on photos too. Like take a photo of Will Smith and, and, you know, low quality photo and it, and it will make it look, you can tell a little bit on the lines of faces, particularly that they, there's a bit of editing done. Like it looks mm. a little photoshopped, but it's not bad enough. Like when you look at a thumbnail, no one's going to notice. It's only That's when they really blow cool. the Im image up big. So I've done that one. I've done another one, uh, space carnival. I literally like typed in a prompt, imagining the image. Okay. There's a carnival spaceship. It's a spaceship, but it's also like a circus carnival tent. And uh, that one did, the image was so good. So then what I did was for YouTube, I, I take the album image and then I edit it and I animate it, which obviously that takes a lot more studying and skill. Yeah. To do, but I've done a lot of video editing because hashtag drama teacher, right? Like you, you end up <laughs> doing a lot of these things. So, um, so that, but that one, the image was so powerful that when I posted it and mid journey, I think was just kind of becoming a little bigger at that time. So people were learning about mid journey. I, I somehow freakishly got 1,600 views on that video. It's an original piece. Most original pieces, even for big name artists, get way less views than their covers for YouTube artists, right? So I was like, oh, 1,600 views. Oh, cool. And the image just speaks really well. It's, there's a little girl standing in the middle, and then it looks like space is just above the stars, and there's this massive, looming, kind of creepy circus spaceship coming down. And below, you can see the little tents and vendors and stuff. And it's a very beautiful image. And, and I think that's why people click on it. They're like, oh, that's a cool image. That looks vibey. Let me, what's that song about, you know? And so you can create artwork that actually matches the vibe of your song. And uh, one of my friends is a poet, uh, a Christian poet. And he, he's now using those images for his poetry. So, you know, nice. if, it's about, it's one, if it's one about, you know, the pasture, like God leads me to green pastures, right? He will do a pasture image, but it will be, you know, for example, watercolor. He'll type in watercolor palette is pink and purple to kind of give it a little bit more flavor and, and make it more interesting than just a picture of a green pasture. And then uh, he's able to make really cool images. And he's even used one of them in a, in a sermon now that he gave because he's a pastor as well. Uh, and it's just nice to have those images. And it's a great way to, to think of like singles or short-term material that doesn't yeah. require as much in-depth analysis maybe. Uh, though... I've watched some YouTube videos and these guys go really deep into how to like write the right prompt and how to really get it exactly the way you want it to be. And um, yeah, in a way I feel mixed about it because you're taking away work from digital artists, you know? Um, but in a way it's like, we can't do that for every release. Like yeah. in the, in the way that music has moved is like, they expect you to release more singles and less albums. Yeah. So we couldn't do that for every single, but we can do it for albums. So I'm, I'm, my goal is to try and use it for albums. Like, okay, I'm still going to try and support. But every time I do a single, I'll have a specific image for each song that's yeah. separate to the album image. That's really cool. And I like how many prompts you can put in there to really kind of start narrowing it down and nail it down. So yeah. we'll have to we'll have to link some of those uh, um, like different uh, links to different websites where they can kind of connect with some of those. I think that's really great. I think that'd be kind of fun for uh, anybody, you know, posting anything that wants to have an image to maybe try that out. So yeah, yeah. I, my recommendation is that if you if you're using free credits, don't use them all in one go because it, it gets really fun. 
<laughs> to keep creating images. Sure. Eventually, eventually, I was doing things like the girl with the pearl earring, but she's Asian. <laughs> <laughs> just to see what it looks like. Oh no, I spent all my free credits. So now they want uh, to Some of them are completely free, but other ones, they only give you a certain amount. Oh, uh, a certain amount. Got it. It takes uh, processing power of the computers to do it. So. Yeah. Yeah. That's really cool. Uh, okay. So I know you recently entered into kind of a collaboration project. Um, can you tell our listeners a bit about what that project is and how you got connected with that person? Yeah, so um, collaboration project that I'm I'm kind of working on right now is there is a guy called the Viking Woodsmith who's a YouTube guy as well, small channel like me. He makes stuff out of wood, essentially like just weird, oh. cool Viking stuff, Viking, loosely Viking themed stuff. And um, he made this thing called the Log Liar, and he kind of joked that it's, it's the last one in the world. Um, obviously, a log liar. A literal log liar has never really existed because it's not very practical to take with you. If you are a bard in the Viking age, you wouldn't carry around a log, right? But what he did was he he, he had this idea like, okay, like let's make a, a lyre, but it's a bass, like bass strings, bass guitar strings, and it's huge. So uh, so he made that, and and uh, I I said to him, hey, would you mind sampling it for me, each string one by one? And we'll turn it into a keyboard instrument. And, and you know, it, it's a bit of a, like a, a niche instrument that's just kind of cool. Like, you know, you add, a, it's not really, you wouldn't probably use it as a main, main instrument. Uh, but you definitely use it as like backing up something or as like an interesting extra bit where you know, people are like, what instrument is that? That sounds like a yeah. bass guitar, but it's not a bass guitar. So anyway, he, re- he went and recorded all the samples. And then I'm going to... Um, put them together into a digitally playable instrument. So uh, that involves a little bit of programming skills, but really not that much. It's quite easy to learn. And um, you basically tell the, the computer, okay, this note is played here on the piano and here's the file. And then you package that and then you can release it to people for free. And uh, and of course he's thrilled about it too because if that way if he ever loses the log liar or if he ever has to rebuild it into something else he mm. now has a keepsake digitally uh, freely available online so he can always go and download it whenever he wants and it gets his name out there more because um, for like some of my other instruments that I've sampled have gotten over one thousand downloads already. I mean, I guess for free stuff, right? You'd, you'd hope that you get something. But I was surprised to get to 1,000 for some of them because I was like, oh, who would want this? But like, apparently people do. And they use it as like sonic textures in their music, which is quite fun. Um, how I connected with him was he he popped up on my algorithm because of, I was going into the instrument making phase where mm-hmm. I was looking up a lot of stuff about people who make stuff at home, like flutes or whatever. And then his video popped up of him making a, I think it was a different instrument. And that one he did, and it was like semi-successful and it didn't sound quite the way he wanted it to, but it was fun for him to like try. And then he went and did the log layer later and I, and I wrote to him like, hey, I have this idea. Do you, do you want to do it? Uh, and so, yeah, so that one, I first have to release my little flute video and stuff. So probably the end of the year is when I'd get around to doing the log layer uh, video. Because I usually make a whole video to show the process of how you sample it and how you, you put everything together. Oh, very um, cool. Yeah. So so yeah, that's the, the first one that's that's coming up. And then another interesting collaboration. It's not really a collaboration as much as it's an inspiration. There's a, a guy who wrote a book called uh well, he wrote three books, Journey, Quest, and there's one other one. Anyway, I'm I'm taking the first of his books. It's it's basically they're books that have no text, just images that he drew. And I'm composing an album for the whole book. So as you read it, I don't know if you've seen The Snowman from ni- the 1980s. There's there's a, a, mu- a, a British piece called The Snowman. It's based off a book as well. And it's about a little boy and a snowman comes to life. And he goes and visits Santa and stuff with all the other snowmen. And it's just music. There's no talking in the whole thing. So kind of inspired by that, I wanted to do all the pages of the book in music so if someone's reading they could just be listening to the music as it goes and that is so cool yeah yeah super fun so for that one it's it's not officially a collaboration because he's uh the author i I did reach out and say like hey 
would that be okay? And he, he said, well, technically the publisher doesn't allow you to publish uh, materials from my book, but at the same time, it's promotion for the publisher. So sometimes they just let people do it. So he said, it's not, you know, it's up to you. If you have to take it down, I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, and I said like, well, I can, I keep the music. The music rights would be completely mine. So right. if I have to upload it without the images, I can just tell people it's this book. Yeah. You know, go, yeah. go buy it and then just upload a, a probably an AI generated image that looks similar uh, in style mm -hmm. at least. And then I could just make like, okay, this is a similar style album cover, but here you should go buy the book. It's supposed to be read with this book. Um, so that those are kind of two that I'm working on. Yeah, the book is yeah, called Journey by Aaron Becker. It's a really beautiful, he does mm. really beautiful artwork. Uh, that is so kids. fun. Very, very fun. Uh, those are really unique. Uh, again, you, you do some really unique things. And I love how you just kind of, you know, seeing who kind of weaves into your circle of, you know, who God puts in your path and, you know, yeah. serving each other and, uh, kind of elaborating on each other's work. It's really, that's very cool. Uh, very, it's, very neat. It's, it's super fun. I feel like uh, that's a good, I mean, I, I'm in the privileged position of doing what I love during the day and then also getting to do what I love during the night. And I know some mm -hmm. people aren't in that boat, but I would say if you are not in that boat and you have a day job that you're maybe like, eh, it's okay. And then at night, maybe you're doing your creative work. First of all, I feel like feel validated that whatever time you do the work, it's still creative work. Like you should still consider yourself to be trying to be a creative professional, even if you're not professionally, if you're not getting paid yet, but also like realize that being an amateur is not bad. As in like, at the word amateur actually just means to love. You are a lover of that craft. So view yourself as like, I am passionate about this craft and that's why I'm working on it. And that's just as valid as if I'm earning money. Like money is a very easy idol. And I, it's one that I've fallen mm. for many times to get distracted by and to realize like, I mean, it's lovely if we get paid for our work in the end. Yes, and I agree that we should be advocating for getting paid. Uh, definitely, especially within the church. Like, I feel like uh, we churches have money, but we need to also put it towards artists. We need, shouldn't always take advantage mm. of the, the creatives in, in our industry, but if you're not getting paid for it, it's still very valid to be doing such work. And sometimes those accidental meetings lead to paid work. So I'm in a Christian game creators group, like video games. And most of the time, I don't really like much of the content being posted in that group because they're very, a lot of the people in the group are very obsessed with making biblical games. Like it's literally biblically inspired which to me as a gamer myself i'm like oh that's not that interesting i can just read the bible you know like why but i i know there is an audience for it and there is people who would be into that so i'm usually i'm like oh cool interesting you know but not that keen on it but one time somebody popped in there and he's in california he actually makes board games and i reached out and was like hey would you like a soundtrack for your game even though it's a board game, he was like, yes. And he did pay for that. Uh, and his board game is not coming out till next year, but like, it's a, it's about the witch hunts in Germany that Christians did to innocent women, you know, because uh, those women weren't actually witches. They were just brewing beer or other, you know, right. normal jobs. And so, and so he had me make a very, very dark soundtrack for that because he was like, hey, I want to point out to people, I want them to think while they're playing the game, like, why did people do this? Why did they do such evil things to each other in the name of God? You know, like he wanted them to reflect on that. So sometimes those things that, you know, that group, I, I usually just read it kind of passively thinking, oh, that's a fun project. Oh, that's interesting. But then occasionally something will pop up and it's often in your peripheral that these little opportunities pop up that I think you can take and just, just take them. What, what do you have to lose, right? Like mm -hmm. some time, but you'd be probably being creative during that time anyway. So yeah. Um, yeah, take the opportunities that you can get, especially if you're starting out, like take every opportunity. And then maybe after about six months or a year of doing that, you can start to say, okay, now I only want to take creative paid opportunities. You can start to be more picky, but initially, yeah, you want to get some of that experience under your belt and get some people that like you and can leave you positive feedback or reviews or something like that. So yeah, it's good experience and it's it's good to kind of start to dabble in various things and figure out what you even enjoy doing too. 
Um, yeah. Well, Gershim, we should probably wrap things up eventually. Yeah. We, I feel like we could talk to you all day because it's so interesting what you get to do. <laughs> thank you. Um, thank you. Yeah, but I and I know you live a really busy life, uh, and I think what's fascinating to me is how much you actually accomplish. Um, being a teacher by day and then a musician by night. I know you have the insomnia thing, but it feels <laughs> it like you you have so much energy and you have such a passion to do what you do. So I don't know, how, how do you, how do you, or what do you feel like energizes you, keeps you going like that? I think um, kind of a mantra that somebody recently uh, on YouTube, this this guy, who's, I guess, a self-help coach person. He said something interesting, which I was like, oh, this is, this is maybe how I live my life without realizing, like, the way he kind of put it in words for me. He said, like, energy is, a, is an interesting thing. It is something that you expend to get more of. So if you choose, and, and there's nothing wrong with relaxing and, you know, finding ways to relax. I think that's great to do that and to be intentional about how you relax. But if you're choosing to sit down and be a couch potato for two hours every day, your body will train itself to expend that amount of energy every day. Whereas if you were to say, look, I like doing that. And it, it, for me, I think as my kids grow older, having an hour of TV time with them will probably become part of my routine because for my family growing up, we would watch The Simpsons or Little House on the Prairie as like a family activity. So I think it can be a very positive force. So I'm not saying no media, don't, don't waste your time. I'm saying like, think actively about what you're spending your energy on and what you're training your body to do. Mm. I've always been known as an energetic person since young, but I don't think that that was, I, I think it's, I view energy sp- uh spent as well spent and so and then when you spend that you end up getting it back so it's it, it's actually your body is an amazing self-replicating tool right it, it will give you the energy that you need so the first week of jogging for example is very hard your whole body hurts but after you've done a week then the next week is a little easier and the next week by the third week you have to increase your challenge level or you actually your muscles are so used to it right, right. And the same goes for creativity it's a muscle that you can train to do what you want it to do. And I think that's, for me, my biggest slump in YouTube. And I think the reason is I had two things attached to it. Ego was number one. Like it had to get this many views or whatever to be considered valid. So that was a, a myth or a lie that you could say the Satan puts on us. I feel like, you know, like I like saying it, the Satan, because if you translate it to Hebrew, it's, it means the accuser, right? So mm you can be the Satan to yourself. You can accuse yourself of things. So for me, it was, if I don't get that validation, it doesn't, it's not good enough. That was one part. But the second part was from Dutch culture, Dutch people are very regimented in their time and which is a good and a bad thing. They, you know, we have great paternity leave. That's, that's a result of that, right? Our, our dads get tons of time off to spend with their children. That's awesome. That's because we are so regimented. But the bad side of it is, it can lead to thinking like, oh, well, I've done my work, my day job now. I'm tired now. I should rest. I need to rest. I will burn out. Mm-hmm. We have one of the highest rates of burnout, uh, like I think worldwide. On the one hand, it's great because it means we're able to admit that we're burnt out, right? So there's both a good and a bad side. But the, on the other side, it's like, why are, if we study human psychology, like Maslow's hierarchy of needs, when all our basic needs are met, we will create problems for ourselves. That's the fall of man, right? Mm-hmm. That's our sinful nature. So we will we will turn away even good things because we're too tired or burnt out to do it. But those good things might be the exact thing that replenishes us. And so for me, it's an, for me, it was an escape to video games. Video games can be great, great for me. For my drama lessons, they're fantastic. They give me ideas, inspiration. But I would sometimes go into it so long, three or four hours. Is it really useful then anymore? Like an hour? Yeah, an hour or two. I play it with my kids an hour or two. That's great. But if it's sucking up too much time, you can question, is this a useful expenditure of my energy? And then when I realized that, I started viewing 
my creative things as replenishing my creative energy. So mm -hmm. I'm spending the creative energy because it's going to loop back to me. And it and it's true. It works. So if you're doubting what I'm saying, it works. Okay. So I managed to be uh, a writer for several projects at the same time, um, like several stories at the same time, and do my day job well, and do the music all at the same time and be a very present father. So like all the things at the same time. And I realized what would happen to me is at night, I get really sleepy around the time that I'm putting my kids to bed and I just relax. I'd use that time because my son has insomnia too, right? He's three-year-old insomnia, which is, means I have to lie with him for ages, just waiting. And I realized like, oh, I'm so sleepy. I'm just going to relax now because I might as well. And then after a while, I'd be like, oh, he's asleep. Okay, cool. I can, I can get up now. Sometimes I wouldn't, I'd just go to sleep too. But uh, depends on I'm really listening to my body and then I go oh oh no I have energy and I get up and I find that I have like a third wind of energy and mm. interestingly enough medieval people back in the day understood this concept very well they had they would wake up in the middle of the night and do stuff uh, and they would sleep in sections right because they 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 had to go to sleep when it went dark and they didn't want to use too much candlelight so and that's where the, this idea of the third wind comes from. The first wind is when you wake up and you've started going. The second wind is uh, after your lunch dip, right? You feel, huh? and you just before dinner, you have another energy burst. And then after dinner, you're supposed to relax. And then after that, you can still have more energy, but it's, you create that opportunity and that energy for yourself. And I think changing my mindset about not viewing my creative stuff as work, but viewing it as God designed me to do this. So why, why am I not doing it? Like, yeah. And I think that goes for everyone. And that's how you can get those hours and hours in. Interestingly, the people I've met who don't pursue work, creative work professionally, sometimes do better at this than creative professionals because we've tied our work and our identity to it. Engineers I know who are crazy good on the guitar. And they're like, yeah, I just practice two hours a day. I'm like, that's crazy. Like you practice that law and they're like, yeah, I love it. Why would I not do that? <laughs> and I think like having that mentality switch, a lot of Singaporeans I met, uh, they have to work so hard in their country, but they have a really good way about like managing their, okay, I have to work a lot, but I can still have fun and have energy to have fun. And I can still have energy for my family. So they, they prioritize those two things so well, even though they work way longer hours than me, you know? Uh, wow. uh, and that was really inspirational and like, okay, it's a mindset switch. And once you practice that muscle, I feel like it, it self replicates itself and you end up feeling able to be inspired almost all the time. That doesn't mean you have to be inspired all the time for those people who are going to be perfectionists about it. <laughs> you will know your body will tell you when you really need to rest and you should just go rest yeah. sleep on it. But, uh, but many times training that muscle is just wonderful. That's really cool. I like the jogging analogy that makes a lot of sense that, you know, the first week it might feel really, really hard and painful. Uh, yeah. you know, that you're, you're almost expending more energy than you have, but over time, uh, I could see it being built as like a muscle and, you almost craving it more yeah. over time. Yeah. So that's really cool. Okay. Well, uh, as we wrap up, I know you mentioned your YouTube channel and we will make yes. sure to link people there. How else could people connect with you online? Uh, well, yeah, my YouTube channel is probably the best one Okay, on Spotify is another great one. If you just want to listen to purely the songs, you don't care about instrument building, that kind of stuff or, or the process behind it. Yeah. The songs are great. I mean, I often say my music, because it's largely instrumental, is great for background music, yeah. listening to it while working on things. Uh, there's quite a rhythm to it. There will be slower songs and faster songs. So it, it kind of helps you to, to get a workflow as well, where you work a little slower, then you work a little faster. So uh, Spotify would be another one. Same name, Deconing Town on there. Uh, I am on Twitter, but eh, I don't use it that much. You don't uh, but tweet it, much. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, yeah, I, I tweet every so often. I go in spurts, you know. Um, yeah, yeah. And uh, otherwise, like face, I'm also on Facebook and Instagram, uh, Deconing Tan Music or Deconing Tan, one of those two. Um, so yeah, those could be other ones. But yeah, my main focus is really the YouTube and the Spotify. Um, awesome. Okay. Well, we will link everybody there so they can connect with you, uh, Thank you. and collaborate if they want to. It sounds yeah, like, uh, for sure. yeah, it's, it would be really fun. Uh, 
uh, I look forward to introducing you to our audience uh, through this show. I think this will be really fun just to get to know you and kind of follow along what you're doing. Yeah. Um, and if they ever have like follow-up questions or stuff, yeah. I mean, I, I do do creativity coaching kind of for a living. So nice. if they ever wanted to follow up on just that, <laughs> I'd probably be happy to, to, uh, to do that kind of stuff. I, I've done it before for like workshops. So very you know, good. Put something together. It's, it's, it's quite fun for me. Like, it's like a, you know, I'm a teacher, so we, we like to talk about stuff. <laughs> you are a teacher for sure. <laughs> You're in a good profession or two. <laughs> I love it. Well, I would love to pray for you as we close. That and then great. Thank um, you. Gershom is actually going to share a song, uh, one of his songs with us at the end of the episode. We're, we're going to tag that on to this episode, but he gets to share a little bit about it before we hear that. But uh, let's go to prayer. And I would just like to pray for you and your family and what you're up to. So yeah, let's pray. Well, Father God, thank you so much for this time with Gershom uh, that we can connect across the world. Uh, I think it's closer over the Pacific than it is the Atlantic from uh, where I'm at here in Alaska. And I just, but I just thank you that um, this technology makes that possible. So thank you for that. And Lord, thank you for everything that you've called Gershom to do um, and how you've created him uniquely to create what he does. Um, the music that is so um, visual, you know, focused on the visual and how he reflects on that. And um, I just thank you for his love for teaching and uh, inspiring others to create as well um, and collaborations and I just thank you so much for how he um, is an example of how he spends his time, his creative time and efforts and what he taught us today. Um, Lord, just bless him and his family all the way over there in Thailand. And um, I just pray that uh, as his kids grow and learn uh, that they might be inspired and encouraged in their own creativity by watching their dad. Um, and we just thank you again uh, for the, the beauty that it is to be your creative people. Um, bless our work and may it be for your glory, Lord. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. So what song are you going to have us enjoy here at the end? So yeah, the, the song is called Lightning Strikes the Upper City. I was talking about it a little bit before. Um, it's, it's essentially a little bit faster paced song. And all I imagined was somebody running across the rooftop and then behind them lightning strikes, whether the lightning gets struck by them, maybe they're a magician, I don't know, yeah. <laughs> or if it's purely coincidence, right? Like, and they're obviously running away from someone, something. And specifically the upper city uh, is, is I've always liked this idea of, um, in a lot of novels where they show like, okay, this is what the world could be like. I, I'm always a little scared by the idea of an upper city and a lower city. And uh, if we see some, some cities nowadays, it seems to be heading to that in certain cities where you'll really have really poor districts and really rich mm -hmm. districts. Uh, but I imagine this a little bit more in a fantasy setting. So, um, so yeah, who is this shadowy figure coming down from the upper city having probably stolen something or done something up there we don't know exactly what what they did and why are they headed down to another part like so that's kind of the, the questions i had as i was moving into it and that's it the, the rest of the story is for the audience to fill in for themselves as they mm -hmm. listen is he sad because he's escaping something or she or is it a she we don't even know it's a cloaked figure right so uh yeah as they listen to it and as the song like moves they can make their own story and see how it, how it, uh, yeah, speaks to them essentially. I love it. Okay. Well, everybody enjoy. And thank you so much for being a guest with us, Gershom. It was really great Thanks to so meet you and get me. to know you. Absolutely. All right. Have a wonderful evening. You too. All right. Bye-bye.
Thank you so much for listening today. And guess what? If you become one of the first 11 paid subscribers of the Creatively Christian podcast, you can download Gershom's song for free and take advantage of other subscriber-only resources. Visit creativelychristian.net to get connected. And thank you so much for supporting the show. To see the other resources mentioned in today's episode, head over to creativelychristian.net forward slash Gershom. Thank you so much for listening. Please rate, review, and share this episode so we, in turn, can bless even more people. Creatively Christian is a product of Theophany Media. You can find out more at theophanymedia.com. The show is hosted by Brandon Hollingsworth, Andrea Sandifer, and Jake Dobrins. Our logo is by Bill Brooks. Bill Brooks and Andrea Sandifer did our theme music, and Jake Dobrins produces and edits the show. God bless you, and keep on creating.